Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here with me today. I so love this little container of of people to talk to. And I love connecting with you. I love hearing from you after these podcasts, getting emails and things like that. Feel free to keep responding and reaching out. And if you like what you are hearing, I would love for you to leave an honest review. Let me know what you're enjoying about podcasts. I would love to hear from you. Today, we're going to talk about safety. And I just don't know if safety could ever be talked enough personally. And I'm going to speak to it, you know, speak to safety with respect to the coaching industry and also in our personal lives as well. The reason this is so important to me is because a safe nervous system is open to learning. A safe nervous system is open to attunements of thoughts, changing the thoughts and things like that. And when we're not feeling safe, we can use that work to shift our thinking, but I think of it as a pretty cheap band-aid, <laughs> like a cheap band-aid that helps for a minute, but it's just, it's not sustainable. And I've seen so many coaches try to, you know, try to do what they can with thought work and they can get far with lots and lots of band-aids, but eventually those band-aids need some serious dressing, addressing. And what that looks like sometimes is stepping back from just the thought work piece of human behavior and getting into more of the, the body work piece of understanding our human behavior and and having compassion for our human behavior and where we're at. And to me, it changes everything. It really, really does. So let's get into it. Safety as described in the Merriam-Webster dictionary is the condition of being safe from undergoing or causing hurt, injury, or loss. As I said, I don't think we can discuss safety enough. Research has proven over and over again that learning does not happen effectively without safety. And I think something to keep in mind too is sometimes we think that we always need words to create safety, and that's not always the case. Healing doesn't always need words, but using words and thoughts to facilitate nervous system regulation can matter a lot as well. I think there's different ways to facilitate safety, And I think knowing and recognizing that it's not always just your thoughts that are going to get you there can make such a difference and it can cut out so much work to learn how to feel safe in your body. So when I talk about healing, I talk about healing as healing and growth is synonymous. It's the same thing. And the crux of a lot of healing lies in safety, emotional regulation, dismantling core beliefs. And, you know, having emotionally corrective experiences that support the new core beliefs that we're implementing. Now, you may have not thought consciously about how these steps are involved in your coaching when clients get the results they're looking for, but it could be happening. And I think when we add more intentionality to that, we can even be more effective as coaches and quite importantly, more effective in how we treat ourselves, our our self-talk as well. The more you become aware of steps like these, 
you can infuse it into your calls more often and see how it makes even more of a difference. Okay. And when it comes to your own healing, you know, what are your thoughts about this? Are you making safety for you a priority? And do you think about it with respect to your clients? If you're a coach, do you know what it's like to experience safety in your body? For some of you, you might be thinking, of course I do, duh. And for some of you, you might be thinking, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've had clients who, um, you know, in their thirties told me they don't know if they've ever felt safe in their bodies. Like they can't remember feeling safe. And so learning how to create and develop the sensation of safety in your physical body and experience that and extend that is pretty freaking magical. It really is. Now in one dimensional coaching, we talk about safety as a feeling you can create. Yes, sure. And there's more. If someone has a dysregulated nervous system and consequently isn't able to easily create safety with their thought patterns, they might, especially with respect to conditioning, start thinking there's something wrong with me, right? Other people can do it. So why can't I, and you know, one might think, yeah, but I don't take on clients where this happens, but the reality is that people oftentimes carry trauma that they're not aware of. So as coaches, making sure that we're aware of this, it can support us and help us meet our clients where they're at when they present one way, when they start working with us, but then it changes as the coaching relationship continues. Okay. And sometimes as coaches, we can spot this, or we can kind of pick up on it on our, with our intuition, but not always. And this is why being trauma-informed matters because approaching coaching with a trauma-informed mindset doesn't hurt the people who easily and more naturally can create safety for themselves. All right. Can we ever talk too much about safety? I don't think so. Can we ever create too much safety? Not that I'm aware of. What does this look like for you as a human when you think about it? And how are you, if at all, creating safety for yourself as a coach with your clients? So if any of you are using the CTF AR model with your clients, safety as a feeling, sure. Safety as a circumstance, also sure. Okay. And we don't need to be pushy about that as coaches. Okay. And, and the reason why I say safety is a circumstance first and foremost, I mean, there's plenty of different examples I could give. One that I'm going to give right now is that the brain, the human brain does not fully develop until age 25 and kids aren't always in control of their safety. So think little child, unsafe home environment. Are we going to tell him he can create safety in his F line? <laughs> right. And as the brain, yes, as the brain continues to develop, it does develop more of the ability to create safety, but also even if people are older than 25, we've all grown up with such different backgrounds. Even you and a sibling have such like, just think of all of yourselves as completely unique individuals with different backgrounds, different genetics, different epigenetics coming through or being expressed, um, different inherited traits, different inherited belief systems and trauma, different earthly experiences, different, um, and different internalization of the same experience. We're so different. And with trauma, some, some people might not feel safe regardless of whether they're physically safe or not. This is where nervous system work can be so essential to teach ourselves and also our clients, you know, how to send safety messages to our nervous system and develop safety as a feeling too. 
for some people with past trauma, they might not even be sure what safe looks like. And this is, again, something that I have seen with, with current and past clients where they're just barely learning like, oh, whoa, I think, I think that's what safety feels like. Okay. Especially when there's, you know, childhood trauma and things like that. So as coaches, the more we are clear and communicative, the more we understand the human brain, we can do as much as possible on our end to set up an environment for people to feel seen, heard, and safe for perhaps one of the first times in their lives. Okay. It's pretty magical. And if you aren't a coach, or if you are relating to some of the stuff that I'm saying about past trauma, this is something that you can do for yourself too, or, you know, you deserve to have support to facilitate that, that feeling for you. And I will say when I do this with my clients, it's very, very sacred and beautiful ground. So as a coach, your client may want to do things that feel entirely unsafe to them. It may feel unsafe to want a six figure income. It may feel unsafe to lose a bunch of weight. And as coaches, we can teach our clients about safety, what feels safe and what feels unsafe. And a lot of times when we're moving into new planes of existence and new planes of being, sometimes our nervous system will feel unsafe, even though we are safe. And so it's not a matter of like overriding that and ignoring that, but befriending our nervous system, befriending our body and knowing when it actually is safe to do something that feels unsafe to certain parts of us. Because when two people who have experienced trauma and even people who have, you know, who maybe aren't carrying trauma into their certain behavior, they're just maybe stepping into like big growth. What feels safe can actually be unsafe and vice versa. Okay. One example is it can quote unquote, feel safe to have sex with your husband every night. So they don't get angry. Okay. So it's like out of obligation or for whatever reason, or to keep him happy, it feels safer to have sex and keep him happy. But looking at that from the outside in, this is obviously completely unsafe, right? And so supporting clients and seeing what healthy safety looks like, is pretty magical. So you could just ask yourself, like, how am I enveloping myself and my clients in super safe space? And If you are a coach, you don't need to be perfectionistic about this because we can do everything on our end to set up an environment primed for the most safety possible, but that doesn't guarantee client safety because the client is their own, they're their own person. And so you don't need to take complete responsibility for creating someone's safety because we can't do that exactly, but we can still really set up an environment that is primed for that by doing a lot of things. So I'm going to just give you a few examples of what that can look like to support your clients with respect to safety. And again, you can think about this for yourself too. In my coaching programs, we talk about integrating this stuff with clients and have examples and things like that. And I think self-application integration is like the first order of things really. So If you feel like generally you're feeling safe and this isn't a thing for you, you can think about this with respect to your clients, but also think about it with respect to you and certain relationships that you have in your life. So some safety tips, one is having no agenda. Okay. We've been taught not to have an agenda on coaching calls. Are we taught to not have agendas for our clients results? 
why is it a problem if we have an agenda for their results? Well, if we have an agenda for them to make a lot of money because it like we think it makes us look good or it strokes our ego, sometimes we can get into, we can operate from a little bit of like a fight response to vicariously live through our clients' wins. And is that supportive of the client? When it's with that energy, I don't think so. Okay. You know, what do you need to know and understand about your body and about your client's body to allow for the natural order of healing to commence? The only agenda I like to have for my clients is to basically support them in returning and connecting to their true self if that's what they want, if they're giving consent for that too. Okay. Another thing we can do is ask questions. As coaches, we know that questions are king. Your brain can typically see new ways of thinking as threatening at times. And so sometimes instead of forcing new ways of thinking on your clients, questions can be really nice. It's a nice, non-threatening way to approach your brain. It also utilizes a different part of your brain, which can prove to be a safer place for a lot of people. Also with someone carrying trauma, questions can be really helpful. Using questions can help your brain open up at its own pace and for healing to follow suit. It can also enable you to see what parts of your body need attention and validation. All right, boundaries. As a coach or individual, you can lead off with clients by setting your own boundaries, deciding what these needs to be. Leading off and teaching to a client sets things up for a safe relationship. Just think about this with respect to yourself and your clients. Have there been situations where putting boundaries in place earlier on would have set up the relationship to flow more easily? You know, what stories are you done telling yourself out of love for you? You know, can you set little boundaries on yourself (laughs) around yourself as far as like self-judgment is concerned or things like that? Yeah. What boundaries would you set for yourself? The nice thing I like about boundaries too, which will, this will probably be an episode, but it takes so much guessing out of like the why of the client when we're just thinking about setting simple boundaries. We don't have to know everything going on in the client's mind when it comes to setting boundaries. Doing that can kind of get a lot of things done where, and we can expend a lot less energy knowing what our boundaries are and not always having to make interpretations or guess or second guess or, you know, stuff like that. Okay. I think self-care is a great way to promote safety. It's a way to maintain loving boundaries with yourself, the way you nourish and listen to and trust yourself and move your body. So one thing you could just check in with is like, how can I develop more safety for myself when it comes to self-care? And what's the energy with which I'm approaching self-care? Is it with an energy of fierce love, an energy of like nourishment or shame or boredom, you know, just check in. Where is, when I am doing my self-care, what's the energy behind that? And would it make sense to shift into any different emotional dimension or does it work right now? Another huge thing, which I go through in my program is just understanding the basic concepts about the relationship between your brain, body, and nervous system. So many people do not understand this. A lot of coaches don't understand this. And if you see my podcast episode on bulldozing, using the CTFAR model to bulldoze the nervous system. That's kind of what I'm talking about. And again, I'm not disparaging the model necessarily. It's about knowing when to use the model. Okay. And in my program, I have a tool I developed called the self-trust triad that really helps people support themselves in knowing when to do what with respect to this. 
Um, contra perfectionism, you know, the way we're taught perfect doesn't exist. It's not real. We're humans. We're not robots. And as long as we're focused on some version of perfection, we may or may not be looking inward and developing at our self-trust in a way that really serves and benefits us. It can be doing more of the opposite. So if you can relate, this isn't a problem. We can just unwind from wherever we're at any time. So just check in with yourself. Is there some version or vision of perfection that I'm striving for that isn't serving me that I'm ready to release? Okay. Egalitarianism. This is a huge one for me. No hierarchies in coaching. I'm not the teacher. You're not the pupil. We are equals. Sure. Maybe I'm a guide. Does that mean I always know exactly which path my clients should go up? I like to think of both of us as explorers. And I believe that all my clients are naturally resourceful, creative, and whole. And I think believing this about them is a great way to lead off in supporting that safe environment. And this is something you can express to your clients too, express and communicate, right? I go deeper into this in my program, but there's kind of a high touch point there. I think one that we miss sometimes, or that could be helpful to communicate to some clients is just like the environment that they're in, you know, where are they, where they're taking their calls? Are they in the car? Are they on a walk? Are they at work and kind of looking around, worrying about others walking in? Are they at home and looking around, hoping their husband doesn't pop in? You can ask, are you in a place where you feel like you can talk freely? You know, is, what does your office space look like? Is this, is this work for you? Do you feel like you can be yourself on these calls? Or is there another space that might make it more easy for you to express yourself? Do you need to put a fan outside your door so you don't hear house noises during the coaching call? This can enhance and promote that environment for safety because you'll be more dialed into their nonverbal cues and more able to stay focused on the call as well. Okay. So and again for you as a coach, where are your safe spaces? Where do you take calls? Do you have a place where you can write freely and meditate and tap and cry? Yeah, I love that. I have so many. (laughs) I could go on. I really could, but I'm going to, I'm just going to leave you with one more because these other ones I feel like could be their own podcast episodes, but just a judgment-free zone. Like, are you doing everything you can to support a judgment-free zone? Your clients are going to feel this energy. If you're sending it out, it may be something they picked up on before even hiring or meeting you. So even as our clients are really open to us, we still don't know it all. And, you know, judgment is such a huge block for healing, for being attuned to our intuition and our clarity as a coach. So if you notice yourself judging your clients, try putting it aside for calls, leaving it at the door. Okay. Yeah. And I think if you notice self-judgment around yourself during calls, you know, is there a way to consciously shelve that self-judgment and look at it later? Okay. And if it, if you really struggle with it as a coach, is there a realistic emotion you could ease into that's more neutral than self-judgment? Okay. So many things I'm the last one. I'm not going to explain it, but I think over-communication is huge too around everything. I talk to my coaches about this all the time. Like if I'm looking away while coaching, you're going to hear me say little things like, Hey, I'm just looking at a few bullet points from last week, or I'm just taking notes right here. Um, For some people, they like, they know that already intuitively, but we're talking about having an inclusive trauma-informed environment for other people. It can be triggering. So it doesn't hurt the people who don't get triggered by you looking away. 
but it absolutely helps people who might. Okay. Yeah. So you can send very clear introductory emails to your clients with time slots, cancellation information, lots of stuff. This can create safety to be. Again, we just, we all have different mapping and different triggers. So even though you may think they won't care if you do this thing or you don't do this thing, it could remind them of something that is triggering or it could just be distracting. So, you know, sometimes I wonder, can we ever over reassure our clients? I don't know. Usually I like to practice over communicating and then, you know, they'll say, yeah, I know. And when they say that, it's like, okay, they got it. They know I don't need to tell them every single time on every single call I'm looking down and taking notes, you know? So, yeah. So for you, maybe just think about with this communication piece, how am I communicating safety to my clients? How do I communicate safety with myself? Right. Just think about that. There's so much more I could talk to about all this, but I'm going to leave it for today. It's just, again, something that I don't think is focused on or utilized enough in the coaching industry. And part of my vision for the world is for, you know, for everybody to be trauma-informed. But the reason for that is so that we can all be living in a safe, a safer place, right? Where people can feel abuse survivors can feel safe going to their family and talking about what they've experienced and not being turned out or turned away. I mean, this, this kind of stuff happens all the time. People can share traumatic experiences that they had at work or, you know, at, at religious events and not be turned away and not be discounted. And so there's so much that we can do to create supportive and safe environments for our clients. And a lot of this can start with you learning this for yourself as well. So some of those questions, yeah, I would just check in with yourself. How often do I feel safe? Have I always felt safe when I feel safe? Where do I notice it in my body? When I do feel safe, can I extend the period with which I feel safe? So much love to you all. I hope you have the most beautiful, beautiful day. Hey, come to join us in this revolution. Gotta crawl before we walk this evolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to heal this what we pursuing. Coaches change lives, it's what we doing. This the place to be, no need to panic see. We got each other's backs in this healing community. Wanna know the facts? It's simple. When we coming together, yeah, we got unity.